The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to The Promised Land, a show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Scott Saunders and I'm joined by Rob Blanchett on a show which is going to be mixed today, Rob, because we've seen Man United's best performance in years. I, honestly, yeah. I, reckon yeah. it was, I reckon it was years. Mm-hmm. Uh, not ruined as such, but not overshadowed, but mired, I guess. With uh, the fallout of Cristiano Ronaldo walking off the bench and refusing to come on the pitch has now been dropped from training, will not feature against Chelsea at the weekend. And things are really coming to a head by the looks of it. We'll also talk today about some news circulating from the Netherlands this morning about Edwin van der Sar being contacted by Man United. We'll look ahead to Chelsea. We'll do all the Ronaldo talk, but we will talk about the positives as well because we do need to do that, Rob. How are you feeling? I feel pretty good. Why? Well, not because of Cristiano or anything to do with him. And we will obviously talk about what he's done, the implications, the ramifications, everything moving forward. But we saw Manchester United, as you said, right at the top there, probably play their best game of football, certainly since maybe the PSG game, where they went and obviously counter-pressed in Paris and won that match. And that was now a little while ago, ago. So... The first signs of Eric Ten Hag football, but real like holistic football, like back to front, everything working, cogs moving, wheels moving. And what happens? You win a game of football. So I still feel pretty good and high about that. But of course, we have to talk about CR7 today, at least today, about what has happened and why it happened and, uh, and what Eric Ten Hag has done and how the club moves forward. Yes, you can subscribe to our show on your usual podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, etc. And watch this on YouTube twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays, so please do that. Head over to the channel, hit the like button on this video, leave a comment as well on what you think United should do with Ronaldo, among other things. Uh, Subscribe, join the community, and like every video that we've ever done to share it in the community. And follow us on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B, and at Promise and MU for the show. Uh, Should we start on the positive part? Since it is technically the earliest thing to happen since we last spoke, they they did play really well. Ronaldo walked out on 89 minutes. (laughs) So should we open with the positives before we get into... Why not? The meat of the the show, I guess, because this is the thing that is on the agenda now. And Ronaldo's done it again, hasn't he? Uh, But anyway, he did not play uh, against Spurs. 
But what we did see was, as I touched on at the top of the show, this that I can't remember Man United playing like that. It, it, it was been a, t- been a while. It, it was the first time I've seen them play front foot modern football and win convincingly. Front foot I, modern honestly, football, like, yeah. This is this is what we've been waiting for, isn't it? And it's not even a case of because we've been, as I've said before, starved of good football, good results, or whatever. It's modern football, like wow, running, closing down the space, working as a unit, being one as a, as a eleven players on a football pitch. Uh, it's the most together we've ever seen Man United in recent memory, and I think it just shows that again, even though we had. A poor result against Newcastle, you know, goalless draw. I was there. It was absolutely eye bleedingly awful at times. That they these boys can do it, and and I said after the Spurs game that that's that now. That's that's the bar you've set. That bar, and we're going to hold you to account to that bar every week now. Yeah, we've kind of behind the scenes discussing things around British politics and and things being like you know what's the standard that we expect as people in this country or whatnot. As Man United fans, that Spurs performance now, that is the bar. And if you drop below it, we're going to hold you to account. But just such an amazing performance to show that Eric Ten Hag is really putting everything in place and these players have bought in. Most of them. We Most of them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There was, to be fair, I think everyone played quite well. Against Spurs in their own way, maybe mm. maybe Jaden Sancho had an off night. That's that 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 would be the only one I'd look. I at. think so, yeah. yeah. But when the rest of your team <coughs> playing as well as they did, a player like Jaden Sancho not being up to speed isn't as big an issue. It's something you can look at fixing moving forward. It looks like confidence isn't really there at the moment, and that will be worked on. But things are clicking for the other lot, aren't they? Yes, and you get dragged along like that. So if you've got poor form, you can go back to Carrington, you can work on it, you can do all that stuff, the drills, the technical stuff, the tactics. Um, but you can always carry one in the team, just about, or two at the very most. You can't carry seven, eight, or nine. And that was probably indicative of the Solskjaer period, where I think so many players would have such bad games all together, and then these disasters would roll and unravel themselves in front of you, and you'd be like, is there anyone playing decent football? So I think in the Spurs game, and at times this season already, we've seen where the collective have kind of pushed themselves forwards together. And that's really, really promising, because I still think there are players to come into this football club, both in January and next year, and that will take United to another level. And this is this is why I've talked about that in a year's time, you should expect a title challenge or at least somewhere solidified in the top three because you can do it if you do all the things in the right order. And it feels like United are doing those things. So who impressed you the most the other night? I mean, Bruno Fernandes got man of the match. We have spoken on this podcast about the Fred Casemiro pivot not working, but that worked a treat the other night. Bruno Fernandes played one of his best games in months. Uh, Anthony doing business, putting people on their backsides, which was quite fun and entertaining. Marcus Rashford being told by Thierry Henry to use your head. (laughs) But he made a difference as well. You know, United wouldn't have created as many chances if Ronaldo had played, you know. Ronaldo might have taken some of those chances, but would he have got those chances in the first place if he was on the pitch? Maybe not. Uh, The... I'm going to shower everyone in compliments. Luke Shaw looks a different player with hair and roll down socks. 
<laughs> Diogo Dallo is hit or miss here and there. David De Gea's distribution was much improved. I noticed that. And then you've yeah. got the centre-back pairing who are just really nice to watch, aren't they? They're just... Martinez, they're, they're, I think he was in the lead-up to the first goal when Martinez just said, screw this, I'm going for this header. Got above Son and won the ball. It led to a goal. And that yeah. is the epitome of the attitude that we're seeing, the difference in attitude that we're seeing at the moment. Who, who stood out for you? Because I've just rambled. Look, Bruno, so again, talking about bars, setting them, etc., etc. I think with Bruno, we know that he's a really good footballer. We know that inside him, and which we came to the football club, what he can do for you in the final third of the pitch. I don't want to take some of the responsibility away from his own performances in recent weeks and months, but we'll keep saying it, and it's pertinent today. Cristiano Ronaldo doesn't really help Bruno Fernandes. And Bruno Fernandes doesn't really help Ronaldo. So you end up hitting a brick wall and then you lose games and don't score goals. And then everyone says, well, why are Man United not scoring goals? Like, it's pretty obvious why. So the other night, just saying there, everyone deserved their plaudits. I think when you kind of look at the way the game kind of unfolded from the opening moments. But for me, Marcus Rashford gives you something different in that forward line. You're correct. Ronaldo finishes those chances, but Ronaldo doesn't get those chances. Not today's Ronaldo. He's not running channels. He's not running beyond. He's not doing that work. You know, he's not He's not doing all the kind of balanced work that you need. So overall, happy with how the whole team played. But I think with Bruno Fernandes, I think you saw with his goal and the way that he was putting himself about, that he's much more comfortable with someone like Rashford up top. And hopefully, of course, Martial when he comes back. Yeah, Bruno Fernandes, uh, player of the match performance. And one thing I noticed with his lovely stroke of a finish was that it was a nice side foot guided shot into the corner rather than the absolute leathering he's tended to give other shots uh, over the last few weeks, which has flown over the bar. So, you know, he there was a lot of talk about Bruno Fernandes and his uh, lack of goals. Ten Hag was asked about it and he was asked about it in the lead up to the game and he answered the critics, which have been growing. Uh, but, you know, I think this is the, as you say, Rob, this is the blueprint. This is the template that they need to follow. I saw that they ran as a team 20 kilometres further than the Brentford game. If that doesn't tell you the attitude's changed and something has changed, what does? Yeah, completely. And, and I think like sometimes we get obsessed with running stats and all of that that kind of those metrics around that part of the game. But for Man United, it was really pertinent because they've always been so far behind the crowd, like bottom half of the table for actually energy work. It's so good to see that being rectified. And I do think that some fans, you know, they want United to play well. They want good results. But then there's going to have to be some maybe some unpopular decisions. And this is kind of where the Ronaldo question itself pops up because Ronaldo is the populist. He's the guy that a lot of people want to see and he'd carry United back to the promised land. Come on. I think we know the truth. And the truth is that he's not the guy. We've got good players in our squad. You've got to empower them. And I think Ten Hag understands that. He's understood that from day one. He said it in pre-season and he's stuck with it. He doesn't tinker too much. 
He keeps his system. It's a kind of 4-3-3, now with a single pivot at the back, trying to dictate play, and United playing front-footed attacking football. And isn't it a joy to see what Ralph Ranick said about the press, about how he wants Gagan pressing to be Manchester United style? I think this manager has come along and said, yep, I like that too. That's what works. It's what City do. It's what Liverpool do. So we're going to do it. But do you know what? We're going to try and do it better than them. Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham, already all ticked off on Eric Ten Hag's hit list. He's beaten those teams. Now he's just got to go and beat the other teams. I always say you've got to beat the bottom 16. That's how you win titles. That's how you get in the top four. And United now need to kind of show that when they play the Newcastle of the world or the Brentfords, that they can impose their will on other styles of football. We'll talk Ten Hag uh, probably in the section coming up here because obviously he's dealt with Ronaldo in the right way, but he does deserve a hell of a lot of credit. Uh, I know it's only been 10 Premier League matches, but mm. what, they won six games, I think, drawn one, lost three, and two of those defeats were in the first two games before mm. the lightning, you know, the lightning strike moment, <clears throat> before things changed. He has already, even within 10 games, managed to galvanise a squad of players that were absolutely broken at the end of last season and mm. have been broken for a long time. Uh, has obviously got what he's wanted to a degree in the transfer market with some of the players that he signed. But everything, I think, even the players that have come in have set the tone. And that you can see exactly why he wanted to bring those players in, like Martinez, like Anthony. They, they've set the tone. They have great talent and they've fit in already. They've hit, they've hit the ground running by in the first two games. And uh, Ten Hag deserves a lot of credit for installing discipline, installing expectations and the way he carries himself as well in front of the media. And, and I'm just very happy with him at the moment. Yeah, he's got that kind of statesman feel in the sense that he, he knows how to express himself in front of a camera without over-egging it, without overdoing it. But at the same time, he's he's giving out positive vibes with it, isn't he? So it's not just all blue skies. It's not that. He talks in reality terms. And when United do things well, he praises them. And when they don't do anything well, he, there's no nonsense from him. He just stands there and says, you know, if we're going to be like this, then no chance. You know, you're gonna, he, he's starting to use the words a lot, I've realised, in inverted commas. If this doesn't happen, you get killed. He keeps saying it in presses now. You know, if this happens, you get killed. So we don't want to do that, do we? So I'm sure that's what he's hammering into the players' heads at Carrington. But just really impressed, like you said, 10 games there. And, you know, Man United, a day is a lifetime. And and it feels like in those 10 games that he really has travelled a long journey already, taking United's, not expectations, because I think we're all we're all relatively sane. We know what, what to expect and there'll be ups and downs. But he's leading the football club in the correct manner. He's getting people singing from the same song sheet, most of them, as we keep saying. And it feels like already after 10 games that this is Eric Ten Hag's football team. And, and that feels good to me because I thought we would see this be a difficult period in the opening weeks. I wasn't surprised by the defeats. I wasn't surprised by getting spanked by Brentford. None of that stuff because you've really got to convince footballers who don't like to run that running wins you games. Once you've done that, and you've got them there, then you've got to hold them there. And of course, you can, with you said, the new signings, I think they've been key. You've seen like Martinez is already like a cult figure at the football club. Anthony, I think, started fantastically. Casemiro has now showed up to the party. So all of these things, you know, Christian Eriksen might be, as I said, the most important player at the football club. They're all new players. They've all added a new impetus. 
uh, and long may it continue. Yeah, Casemiro, particularly the other night, was, you know, you just see him screening that defence uh, and that's what his job is. But his intensity in the tackle, his positioning, very impressive. But one thing I noticed as well, there was a situation, I think it was in the first half, where United were under a bit of pressure. He received the ball mm. on the edge of the box and just did a nice reverse pass to Bruno Fernandes, which... I don't really see many other midfielders doing that in that position. Just that bit of composure and that bit of intelligence, I guess, to pull that off. Yeah, look, in tactical speak, you know, playing out the pivot is what wins your games. So how do you play out the pivot? Because it allows you to counter-press, allows you to get going really quickly. So for United, that's always been a problem. That's why they played a double pivot, because they didn't have a lot of talent in there. And I think uh, what you see across the board again is that at Liverpool, they have Fabinho, they have Alcantara, they can they can play out from that area. When you look at City, they have Rodri, previous years they've had Fernandinho. So you can you can play out from that area and hurt the opponent. United now suddenly have some options there. So Casemiro being the biggest one, but obviously Eriksen's played as the sixth primarily this season. So put the ball on the deck, get it moving forward, work the channels and run. And if you do those things, good things usually happen. If you're stagnate, stagnant in that defensive midfield role or in front of your back four, everything stops. Your defence stops, your midfield stops, your attack's got no chance. So this is the way now is that the method, I think, is being hammered um, into the team. It's like when you play a musical instrument or something like that and you have to keep repeating stuff a thousand times until your fingers work on the fretwork without thinking. Football's the same. You've got to go and do that drill work and it takes you six months, a year, even two years to become perfect. I keep saying it, Man City, six years to get where they are today. Liverpool, six years. It takes time. Now, we haven't got six years, but I think we're showing that this season that there is rapid progress in a relatively short period of time. That progress will continue without Cristiano Ronaldo. Whenever <coughs> I'll clear happens, my throat for this bit. <coughs> let as we'll be clear t- your throat, Rob. So <laughs> I'll just do the run through. I'm sure that you're, if you're listening, you know exactly what the situation is. Ronaldo named on the bench for the game. Uh, Ten Hag did say before the game he would come on, actually. I don't know how many people caught that. Uh, he did. And he did say that. And uh, we were expecting him to come on. United were in a good position. And then we see Ten. Uh, then we see Ronaldo walking down the tunnel in the 89th minute. And it is a split in the fan base, obviously, because it's Ronaldo. There's, oh, he's been disrespected by not coming on. He, he, you know, how can you leave Ronaldo on the bench? They're, you're cruising. It's, it's Ronaldo. He deserves to be treated like a king, etc., etc. Soon after, it's released that he refuses to come on. <laughs> and that changes the picture for some, maybe some people who are defending him. That is just not the way you conduct yourself, especially as a 37-year-old footballer who is greatly experienced He's now been dropped from training. He's been dropped from the squad that will play Chelsea when United are also very short up front. Uh, so that is a statement. Hopefully, Andy Martial will be back. But it is the necessary measure that Ten Hag had to take. Ronaldo is... Uh, the club actually issued a statement saying as such that Ronaldo would not play against Chelsea. And Ronaldo responded... On Instagram, as I've always done throughout my career, I try to live and play respectfully towards my colleagues, my adversaries and coaches. 
that hasn't changed. I haven't changed. I'm the same person and the same professional that I've been for 20 years playing elite football. And respect has always played a very important role in my decision-making process. I started very young. The older and more, more most experienced players' examples were always very important to me. I've always tried to set the example myself for the youngsters that grew in all the teams I've represented. Unfortunately, that's not always possible. And sometimes the heat of the moment gets the best of us. Right now, I feel I just have to keep working hard in Carrington, support my teammates and be ready for everything in any given game. Giving in to the pressure is not an option and it never was. This is Man United and United, we must stand soon. We'll be together again. He did not stand with Man United on Wednesday night. He did not apologise for walking down the tunnel. What now? Goodbye, Cristiano. That's what's now. So that statement that he made made me more angry than seeing him walk down the tunnel. It really did. Because as you said, that statement is me, 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 Man United, bye. That's that. Ultimately, it doesn't matter who the player is. And this is, you've got to have this kind of, almost democratic view of what you expect footballers to do. The one thing you never do is walk off before the final whistle, no matter what. And the one thing you never do is refuse to come on when you're on the bench. I don't care who you are. So there was some real Man United muppetry going on, you know, on social media around this, around, you know, watch our poor Ronaldo, you know, like he must be really upset that he didn't get his move a few months ago. And, you know, we support you, Cristiano. No. Cristiano Ronaldo does not help you win football matches. That's obvious. Cristiano Ronaldo does not help the camp. So to say all of that, when what we were talking about, the photo, weren't we, a couple of weeks ago, of him with his 700, look, here we are with the team uh, at Carrington. Aren't we all one celebrating Cristiano's achievement? No. That's not how it's going to work. So very pleased with Eric Ten Hag's swift action. I like the United statement as well, because that that was no waffle. That was like six lines. And I almost had to like go back over the press release was like, is that it? They've literally just put, he's not playing for us now. That was it. <laughs> he's like, oh, good. You know, they've, they've just been very swift about it. Whereas Ronaldo just gave a big waffly response that clearly wasn't written by his advisors or his social media team. That was a kind of, I'm on the couch and I better like tell something to the fans that I love them and all of this rubbish. So disappointed in him, but not surprised because this is what he is and who he is. So Cristiano deserves to go on and play his football somewhere else. He'll always have that fan support. He's an icon. We will always remember him at Manchester United, but it is over. It's finished. And it was finished at, in pre-season when he didn't turn up. It's finished now. He doesn't want to play for the team. He's already walked out of a, of uh, the one pre-season match that he had where he was on the bench and said, I was allowed to go and all this rubbish. Just sit on the bench, mate. Just sit there and smile and clap when your team scores and wins. United just played their best game for a very long time. And he just evidently does not care, does he? So absolutely no sympathy towards Cristiano. Uh, and it's just a good point, I think, for Ten Hag, because Ten Hag doesn't want him in his team anyway, because he doesn't run. So, you know, what are you going to do? The good thing is now is that there's no doubt that the Glazers have a big say in all of this in terms of the finances and Ronaldo selling shirts. It's easy, isn't it, to go to your owners and say, this guy doesn't even want to turn up. He's just embarrassed you on global television by walking down the tunnel and stealing the show like some WWE wrestler at WrestleMania. That's not what we are. We're not that kind of soap opera. We don't want to be that. But that's what players like Ronaldo make you. So move him on. I don't care who plays up top in that case, then, um, Scott. You know, play Luke Shaw up there. 
don't play Ronaldo. He does not deserve to get back in this team. And I think that should be the end of it. How do they go about doing that? Because obviously, the, I think there's four games left before the World Cup in the league. Uh, obviously, he's on a massive wedge of yeah. money. He couldn't get out in the summer because his wage demands were too high. Yeah. Uh, there was some interest and some close, but not enough and not serious enough to for anything to come about. Yeah. There's suggestions uh, circulating that United could come to an agreement to release him on a free transfer. Yeah. Uh, I'm seeing links to into Miami this morning, uh, Major League Soccer, which is a potential option for him. There's always that option. He had that big offer in the summer as well, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, you know, I guess what now? Because United, we're in October, so they can't, they can't exactly sell him right now. Do they just send him? I, I think I tweeted, send him on holiday and let him prepare for the World Cup and then get rid of him at the first opportunity that he can. There is no way. Like, I thought there's some point in 2023 that he would uh, he would end up leaving. I now think that he will be gone maybe before the end of the year, you'd think, or, or maybe at yes. the start of January. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if behind the scenes that negotiations have started to terminate his contract. So if you're going to terminate a contract legally, that's difficult in the sense that it's usually done in the face of either something like gross misconduct or something along those lines. So you've got a legal standing to let the player off his deal and you don't pay anything to him. Now, let's be honest. Cristiano doesn't want to be at the football club. I think that statement that he put out on Instagram was a little bit of tracking that back. Like, actually, yeah, I do get paid half a million pound a week. I. That's true, isn't it? And I do play for Man United. Ah, I probably shouldn't have walked off. And that's what he was kind of saying, wasn't it? So I think that United would like him off the books because he doesn't help you. But overall, like you just said, into Miami, MLS probably suits him. He needs to go where he's the biggest fish in the pond, doesn't he? And at Man United, he's still the biggest fish, but he does not help you win. So terminate that deal. I think that's the right way to do it. Get him off the books. And stop this now. Because like you just said there, if you send him on holiday and let him prepare for the World Cup, you're going to get three social media posts a day of him working out at home like Rocky, you know, in the Siberian backwaters, going, look at me getting ready for the World Cup. And he will probably score goals at the World Cup for Portugal. And everyone will say, man, United, aren't you mad letting this guy go? Because that's what, how it would do, how it work. So what you need to do is just cut your losses. Get him out of the football club. And you're talking about forwards. Go and play Charlie McNeil. Go and blood some youngsters. I don't care. Just play your system, work on your system, and let the team do the work. 4 3 3 is working for Man United, but Cristiano Ronaldo does not work in that 4 3 3. So I think you've still got options. Yeah, you've got injuries. You've got questions, but you can play a false nine. You can play different uh, types of lineups. And I think you're okay. And I think Ten Hag feels that. I don't think he feels threatened by the fact that losing Cristiano Ronaldo could lose Man United places in the Premier League. I don't think at all. I don't think it will influence where United come at the end of the season. I was curiously thinking about why it happened on this night. You know, obviously he didn't, he didn't come on, but thinking Ronaldo has just seen in front of his eyes a convincing example that he is not, not needed. Mm. And he, the team is best off without him. Maybe yeah. that was a realisation to him. Uh and that's why he reacted in that way. We'll see. I, I mean, that, that's yeah. just me speculating. That's my opinion. Uh, and also, Ten Hag's won, hasn't he? 
But I think this is just a, a big, huge, significant statement. And I even said this to you, like, before we started recording, is this the sign that the club has changed? Because maybe, obviously, there's people still in the club and making decisions at the top that, you know, have not proven themselves or have been making bad decisions for years. Yeah. And that hasn't changed. But this is a signifier to me that the player power era is over. It has been a player power era since Edward Wood took charge. And Completely. This is this is the thing now. This is the big moment where your biggest player, your highest reputation player, one of the best players in the world for 15 years has been cast aside because he's not following instructions. That That's... I, I tweeted King Eric and a picture of him. It is now the manager in control. Yes, and, and it has to be that way. He said it from day one. You know, Sir Alex Ferguson famously said the most important person at any football club is the manager and no one else. No one else can touch the manager in that in that realm. It's up to the manager to lead and to be respected. Um, and I think with Cristiano, like you're saying there, you know, it's always been at United that the biggest wage earners get the biggest say. And you cannot operate a football club not successfully like that. It has to be much more holistic. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a player, certainly of his magnitude anyway, walk off before the final whistle. He knew absolutely forensically what that would do. He knew it. He knew walking down the tunnel, there was even a fan that leant over the side and kind of was like, you know, high five Cristiano. No, just walking off, walking down the tunnel because this is my moment. You know, I'm going to do this. Before the game, there was talk obviously about the hat-trick he scored against Spurs last year and his record against Tottenham, which is very, very good. But that's Cristiano from back you know what i mean we're going backwards here and we're trying to go forwards aren't we so just just disgusted at him really you know the fact that he would do that to his teammates but do it to all the fans because i think that disrespect has been there since he came back to the club you know he never goes and claps the fans he never goes to the away end you know if he's on the bench shows no interest in the game at all so for me cut your losses yeah you're an icon tick all these boxes about who you are Ultimately, you do not help the football team win. Therefore, you need to leave. Yes. Uh, let us know what you think of this situation. At underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob, underscore B, and at Promise and MU for the show. Leave a mm. comment on the video as well if you're watching on YouTube. Because he's always divisive. Even now I'm seeing defensive Ronaldo. But... One thing I feel I sad for the Ronaldo fans, Scott. I feel sorry for, like, for the people that really love him unconditionally... He's just sticking two fingers up at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're the people that pay his wage. They're the ones that will be in Team Ronaldo for the next 50 years because that's what happened. Ronaldo's got a billion-dollar deal with sports companies, and he will have that for the rest of his life. That, that runs a lifetime deal. So he's going to always have a gazillion Instagram followers. So, so I feel sorry for them. But you know what? My interest, and I know your interest as well, is in, in this team. Yeah, I'm not interested in individuals. I want the team to win. So Cristiano hurts that. So you move him on. So a sad situation, but I just think it's sad for the fans that actually really love him. For me, if he goes, I'm all right. I'm just like, you know, I support Man United. I don't support Cristiano Ronaldo. And I think there's a lot of fans out there that are really hurt by this. You can see on social media, but you're right. They're trying to defend the indefensible, aren't they? Yeah, uh, there comes a time where I think this is a watershed moment for me. I honestly, it's, hmm. I think it is that significant. And I'm just, I was convinced that United were getting on the right path. Obviously, like I say, it's only been 10 games and United fans have had it leveled at them over the years that, oh, you're, you know, United are back and all this kind of business. You know, you, 
false dawns and all this. No, it actually feels like something significant has changed this time. Whether that will end up with results on the pitch, who knows? But the culture is changing. And the yeah. culture is what's been wrong for 10 years or more. And, well, maybe less. But yes, since Randis Ferguson left anyway, it is a, a big moment. We will not see Ronaldo at Chelsea. Will we see him again? Who knows? We'll wait for developments on that. I've seen a tweet this morning saying he's turned up to training at Carrington at 8.30 this morning to train with the under-21s. So he is in, he's about, and that's how it is. I wonder if we'll see any training pitches. <laughs> With him, with him with the Winning under 12s, teams. running around with the under 12s. I won the under 12s game today. It's the, it's the right move from Ten Hag. He's strengthened yeah. his position. He's absolutely solidified his place of power with his signings, with the way that he's dealt with this. Massive, massive credit to Eric Ten Hag for how he has managed this because it was not an easy situation to manage at all. And wasn't it good that he said straight after the game, yeah, I'll deal with that tomorrow? That was it. There was no, no fumbling. No it's just fuss. like, yeah, I'll deal with it tomorrow. Because Cristiano is just another footballer. That's how you have to look at it to him. So he just went, yeah, I'll deal with it tomorrow. If that was Garnacho walking off, you know, in the, in the 89th minute off the bench when he's been when he's told not to, then we'd all be saying, well, you need to probably find and suspend the boy, don't you? It counts for Ronaldo as well. It has to be like that. And the fact that it is Ronaldo is also the example that is set for everybody else. For Garnacho and the boys. Like, this is the thing. It's showing those boys that no one player is bigger than the team. Yes. Uh, Leave a comment. Let us know what you think of the Ronaldo situation. Will we see him again in a Man United shirt? I don't know. Maybe they'll try and smooth it over and give him a home send-off in front of the fans just to make that not the last image that we see of him in a Man United shirt. But maybe PR machine might do that. They might well do that. Maybe he'll reintegrate into the team. We'll never know, but like what well, we will know, we'll know in the next few weeks. But I don't know how they'll act, but we will see in the next few weeks. We better move on, Rob, anyway, because uh, we've got a couple more sections to cover. United play Chelsea at the weekend. We'll talk about that in a second. But there are se- there are suggestions this morning coming out of the Netherlands that Man United have reportedly contacted Edwin Van der Sar over a return to the club as director of football. Now, chief executive at Ajax, we talk about Eric Ten Hag's power. We talk about Eric Ten Hag's signings. We talk about Eric Ten Hag's way. And this is something that you'd think he wants. Van der Sar is obviously a Man United legend, has won the Champions League with them, played with them for a number of years during the 2000s. And it's suggested by a, a Dutch source that he was contacted last week. And it's not the first time that he's been approached either. Now, this is speculation at this stage. We'll wait to um, we'll wait to confirm what's happened here and what is happening. But what do you make of this? This is encouraging. Yeah, we used the word modernization, didn't we, at the top of the show? And I also said before we were recording when we were discussing this breaking news that uh that kind of Murto's gone a little bit quiet in the background. So still obviously gets wheeled out for the odd statement here and there, <clears throat> but visually not really seeing him about the place. Uh, and just generally kind of the, the disconnection between, you know, the director of football ship and then the team, it's all very much Eric Ten Hag focused at the moment. What does Eric want? Well, one thing Eric would want is Edwin van der Sar. Gets on very well with him. Um, 
the whole point of whether Van Sar can come to Man United as some kind of director of football, I think that's still up in the air. I don't know where that fits in immediately unless you lose Berto. But also, Edwin Van Sar is the CEO at, uh, at, at Ajax, which, you know, you know, we've already got a CEO, you know, so, it's yeah. not, so, so he's not coming to do a like-for-like role and he's unproven as a director of football. But I think it does show a willingness behind the scenes to restructure. We know that this is what United want to do, even though they do it very slowly and, you know, due diligence just turns into kind of some bored approach of how they try to do stuff. It's very incredibly slow, like a snail's pace. But I think Van der Sar as well will fit into the culture of what United are trying to do and what Eric Ten Hag wants in terms of his own support system. We don't really know how Murto and and uh, Ten Hag work together. Don't doesn't really, you know, no evidence or ideas there. He got his signings over the line and whatnot, but maybe not all of them. I think someone like Ten Hag would also be a visual figure at Man United. Obviously, an ex United legend, a Champions League winner someone who can talk the talk and actually have that reputation there in front of him. Yes, uh, we'll see how that one plays out because United is still working in the background, but we will look ahead as well briefly to the Chelsea game. There is no Ronaldo, as we say. Uh, This is going to be interesting. I think this is going to be an interesting one because Chelsea are in their transition mode under a new manager themselves. Obviously, Graham Potter's had less time than Eric Ten Hag so far, but he's had some decent results. But recently, performances haven't been too sweet. You know, they drew at Brentford the other day uh, and they have been shipping a lot of chances. They beat, I think they beat Villa the other last weekend, I think it was, but they were lucky. Uh, Kepa made a, a host of saves. United have... You know, I, I've seen them win at Stamford Bridge, but generally going to Stamford Bridge, I think of defeats. Uh, this one is going to be interesting because you've got two managers who are new to their clubs who both play front foot, high-energy football, and are very clever and astute. This should be an interesting, interesting game. And I don't know what to expect. I, I What I expect is that Man United will play on the counter-press. So you're going to go and play a Potter team. You know what Potter does. He has been trying to change stuff week to week on the fly. Like You've seen him try several different tactics that are, are not particularly very Chelsea. Um, but they're going in that direction. I really like Potter as a manager. Um, I think that that Ten Hag will look at this Chelsea team and he'll feel they're prime for the picking. So if you go there and you do all that work, and it's, I think it might be a kind of carbon copy of the Tottenham game, is that you know Spurs want to play that kind of three-five-two. They want they want to push the ball forward. They want to hit you on the counter. Um, Chelsea are kind of going that way, certainly with Raheem Sterling being their main protagonist in the front line now. They're looking to get quick transition. So I think United will do that. I, think, I don't think we'll see a lot of changes. You know, I would not be surprised if even Eriksen sits on the bench for another week and that he's used in that format. Um, but I think you're, you're going to see United now play this 4-3-3 week after week after week. And uh, and, I've, and again, like we keep saying it on this show, I feel pretty good about it. You know, again, the, 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 the Newcastle game let us down and then you had the Tottenham game and it felt like you were back where you thought you were. So uh, a, good ta- a good challenge, a good task for Man United because I don't think they have a problem against the bigger teams. I think the bigger teams, they get themselves up, they can do it. As I said, that hit list... Tottenham, Arsenal, Liverpool, they've beat there. They'd love to add Chelsea to that, wouldn't they? And it feels like the team is ticking now that they're doing the right things on and off the ball. Um, you know, can we say we expect to win? Like, I don't think we can say that 
yet, but we can expect a good performance. And that's what I'm looking for week to week now is to see that they come away from Stamford Bridge and we go, yeah, they st- still did all the good stuff, whether the result was positive or negative. It's the second time uh, Eric Ten Hag will have faced Graham Park this season as well. Obviously, Brighton came to Old Trafford on the opening day yeah, and effectively schooled United. You'd think... Uh, obviously, the, per- the personnel are different and Potter's still discovering it himself. But that's one experience that he should benefit from. Completely. And, and the thing is, Potter's a coach of like you know varying degrees of his tactics, what he does. Um, but he also has a philosophy. So you've got to kind of work within that when you're trying to attack him and when you're trying to hurt his football teams. And you see that Brighton, for maybe the last couple of years have become really difficult to do that. You know, like every week they're, they're so well-schooled. The difference is that Chelsea are not well-schooled, not yet. So I'm sure he'll get there with this team because I think they've still got very good players and they've made big investments in that football club. But United have got, got to show that their project is the project going forward more. Like you've got to go to a Chelsea and say, yeah, you are good. You've got good players, but look at us. Tonight is going to be about us, not about you. We're going to show you what we can do. And that's where it has to be like that for Man United week to week to week now. United need to be the star of the football show against Scott. They can't be the soap opera. They have to be the ones that turn up in town and everyone quivers. And that's what Ten Hag has to formulate this year is that people get afraid of United again. So you can get a Stamford Bridge, good performance. If you get a victory, another three points kind of pushes you where you want to be in the table and sets you up before this Christmas World Cup. So that's the other side of this now, is to win these games this side of the World Cup, where you can then let everyone go off to international football and say, we're here in the table, we feel good about ourselves, and we'll go again once the tournament's finished. Not been an easy run for them either, the Chelsea game, and there's West Ham in coming up soon at Old Trafford as well. So the position's pretty good, isn't it? Because this is what I mean, when you look at the table, we don't expect United to be leading the table. We really don't. We don't expect a title challenge. We don't expect any of that stuff this year at all. But United, I think when you look at it, the one disappointment, I think, in all the stats is the goal difference. So the goal mm-hmm. difference is is horrible. And Zero. it's horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's horrible and it's horrible for a reason. And that is because, like, you've started to get clean sheets. You've started to close teams down. You're getting those things. But you haven't been scoring. So now that that's the next trick, isn't it? Get Bruno Fernandes back to being the Bruno who can put 15 or 20 goals in the net in a season. And suddenly your goal difference is going to look very different. And, and also United need to go out by a strike. In January, probably, but at the very latest next summer, you've just got to find someone that puts the ball in the net and gives you that top-end function of pressing and scoring goals. I think we'll wrap it, Rob. Any final thoughts uh, from today's show? Obviously, Quite a significant week, actually, as it's turned out. Yeah, I I just think that I'm keeping my head in the football. So we have to talk about Ronaldo uh, in this world because he's Ronaldo and what happened. But I think we've all made ourselves crystal clear on that in terms of who he is and what he does. Uh, The football was really good. We're going to stick with that one. And and we want to talk about football, don't we, Scott? Like we've said this in, in weeks and months gone by. We're like, we do football shows. We want to actually talk about the game. We don't want to talk about the soap operas around the game, even though that some fans do want to talk about those things as well. So we will discuss them. We're just very happy of what we saw on a football pitch against Spurs. A motivated team, a real Man United team, dare I say it. A team that looks worthy of the badge. Long may it continue, like I said. And viva Eric Ten Hag. Great sign off for the show. I'll uh, just tell you again that uh, please subscribe on all your major podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, and the likes, and 
on YouTube twice a week as well, Tuesdays and Fridays. You can see our show pop up. Hit the like button on today's video and every video that we've done before. Subscribe to the show. If you haven't already, join the community and leave a comment. There's plenty to talk about today. So please do leave a comment. Head over there and say what you think about Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, Edwin van der Sar, Tottenham performance, Chelsea coming up as well. Get across to YouTube and follow us on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B. And I promise I am you for the show. Rob, thank you very much. Uh, we will catch you next week for another Promise Month.